Ready as I'll ever be. Hi, my name is Jesse Daniel Smith, and I'm sitting here with Lena. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I, I chose that name, though, because people do, like, people used to call me Lena sometimes in high school. Um, right. And my, and my parents call me Lena. Um, yeah, no, I was kidding. This, okay, no, so I know. No, this I, is what I I'm not to kidding. About. I'm not. I mean, I am. <laughs> this is what I want to talk about. Is I wasn't all bringing the, it up as like a de- defense. I was bringing it up because it's interesting. I think people would want to know. Do you, like? Do you know what a Freudian slip is? Also, do you know what? Um, do you know what uh, a pop up is? Yes, <laughs> I know what both <laughs> those things are. <laughs> a Freudian slip is like when you're like. Uh, it's called perplexia, I think. It's like when somebody's like, are you attracted to your mom? It's like, I am attracted to my mom. Ah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't think that's it. I think a Freudian slip is... I know what it is. That was a really bad explanation of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think a Freudian slip... Um, closer example is like... Hmm. It's hard. That's right. For, okay, recently I called <laughs> Republicans Russians. Oh... I went like the Russians. Spicy. I went the Republicans. That's a Freudian slip. Yeah. You know, I associate them because they, they're spoken a lot together. Mm-hmm. I read them together a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, it's funny. You know, watching you watching you put out your first song has been interesting because we're both the same, you and I, which is like we get excited really easily. I think we're mm-hmm. romantic, which makes it like. <laughs> I want to be a star. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, so you released your first song today, which is great. Under the name Lena, the song is called "Take So Long." <laughs> Long. <laughs> so this is the funny thing is that um, I feel like what's happening now is almost like you're you're trying to. It's like when somebody tries something and then goes, "Man, that was a joke. I wasn't even serious about it." Like that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Or people are like, no, do you like dancing? It's like, no, I did it ironically. I don't like it. <laughs> did you think it was good? <laughs> you know? Oh, ouch. A little bit. A little bit. Because I, cause it's, you know, um, it feels like feels like you're embarrassed a little bit. But I, I don't know why. Like, you're going like, I don't like the name of the song. Like, that kind of stuff. I, like- I, I think it's funny, but it's just I want to just examine it. I don't know. I feel like this song sounds silly to me now. And yeah. so does the title, and so does the album artwork, and <laughs> I have like a huge imposter syndrome about it, and also I just feel like <laughs> it's not good. The song this is, just isn't good. <laughs> what I love about this is that this is what I think is happening. I think it is good. <laughs> no, I do think it is good. Elena just gave me the uh, the like. Who me? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the Robert De Niro. The Robert De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just gave me that. Um, it is good. It is a good song. <laughs> you can say if Again. it's not. <laughs> I've, I feel like the reason I'm laughing at this is because I feel like I'm staring at myself. <laughs> this is what I'm like, or at least I'm not so much anymore. But this is what I was like for like the first ten years of my career. I was exactly like this, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah. I just think that you're. You are putting yourself out there. You're like, you put a song out on the internet, and it is now official. You're telling everybody, I am going to try to do this. Mm, yeah. Which is crazy, because it's the first time you're out. It's the first time you're like, I named it something. I released it on Spotify. You, you like, set up your first day at the farmer's market with your, like, little booth. And then you see the people around you. Some people have, like, full-on, like, 
crazy like air-conditioned buildings and like you're just like jesus christ some of these other offerings on spotify are like institutions and they're already like so ahead of everything and blah blah blah. but um the reality is that like music works in in waves and in trends and actually like the higher you go the the bigger the downfall is in terms of like that's Patty, my That's mom, Patty. trying to figure out how to, to uh, <laughs> listen to the song over the Sonos. Yeah, which is, oh, which she is said also she very cute. didn't want it to end. <laughs> yeah. Your mom, your mom is probably going like, this person came out of my body. And now I can listen to them on Spotify through the Sonos, which is like, that's how she listens to Miles Davis. You know, it's like, that's how she listens to anyone who's legit is like in this farmer's market for... Uh, an analogy. But thankfully, the thing that is true about music that is not necessarily as true in a farmer's market is that, like like I said, trends happen in waves. Mm. And I think that we're doing probably the low and shallow arc that lasts a long time. Because mm. the thing that we do ages really well. People will be down to hear me play folk music when I'm yeah. 50. Yeah, that's true. Folk music's kind of transcendent. People, there's some... Absolutely. There's and an actually, artist I listened to yesterday that I thought who was covering that song that I sang, that I told you by, um, to, I forget his name, but we'll talk about it another time. Um, and I was like, oh, is this like an old-timey person? This is a lovely singer. And then she was actually just covering a song just mm-hmm. like really close to the traditional way. And it's like, oh. Yeah, okay. it's um, it's like, I actually think that our what we do will get better over time because of just the nature of like, as when you get older, people take you more seriously. They just do. And the more seriously they can take you from the gate, the easier it is to wow them with like folk and performance. They're just like you know like how um people who want to get hypnotized like <laughs> get the only hypnotized. the only ingredients you need is that they have to really want to be hypnotized. Yeah. Other cuz they're like down to play ball. Yeah, there was a hypnotist at my I I wasn't there. Of course, because fuck dry grad. There is my dry grad, like the no drinking, like dry party. grad was extremely gay. It was extremely <laughs> gay. They took a bunch of kids there in a school bus, and you couldn't. The thing that deterred me was that, like, I want to go for like an hour and then leave. And they're like, no one will be allowed to leave unless they have, like, early, unless they have a specific note from their parents and their parents come pick them up. And I was like, no. no. So me and Maddie stayed home. But apparently... Also, was... that, that extremely gay dry grad joke was, uh, <laughs> like, if you go to people's, like, early Facebook pages, yeah. you could still see the, like, the fossils of the old internet where yeah. people were just openly homophobic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was amazing. What a Nickelback time to be alive. Nickelback is gay. Just... Yeah, it was just... And also, it would just be, like, openly... Like, NFL players would openly be calling people faggots. Oh like, just, God. like fucking throwing it out like like Ooh. vitriol because it just was like old people and the and media and stuff just like wasn't on twitter <laughs> yeah it oh, was amazing God. it was like such a hilarious to think back it was a little wild west like cyberbullying was a real deal back then i'm sure it's legit now but back then it would be like i took i i was a participant i was a victim yeah, i was we all were <laughs> everybody was a participant and a victim at the same time so i think that um, we will actually get better at this as we get older. Better at uh, releasing music, better performance, at performance, playing our music, which is this like emotional, nostalgic kind of music, and uh, super functional, super lightweight, like just guitar and vocal, and it's like you can just make it rain. Um, I, I I think that um, the hardest thing for you to do 
and this is for anybody, but I think because of the nature of the way you're put together, the your hardest like performance um, dissonance, the thing that you have to like remedy the most will be the ability to like go on stage and feel confident to take people somewhere. It's like, all right, everyone like follow me. We're going to do like 45 minutes of music and I'm going to weave in jokes and anecdotes and it's not going to be too long. It's not going to be too short. I'm going to throw in some covers that you're familiar with and it's going to end very naturally and it's going to feel organic and blah, blah, blah. Um, the ability to do that, it's literally just like commitment to like, okay, I'm going to think about this and I'm going to have the intent to be a shepherd. I'm going to guide these people away from being stressed for like an hour. You know, like that's the idea. Yeah. The hardest part will be taking that super seriously and not going like, fuck, like I'm an imposter. That'll be the probably the toughest thing. It was definitely the toughest thing for me. When I, when I, I told you this already. When I started playing music, I was in like an indie pop punk band, kind of yeah. like Blink-182. But there was no vocals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, because I was so afraid of the crowd that I couldn't even talk to them. Yeah. Not in between songs, not singing. Mm. Then I worked up to like talk singing. And then, like, you know, and now the, the, from then at least I was being like vocal. Yeah. But my live vocal had a lot of like uh, tension, all these kinds of things that I had to work through over time. Aww. And it was literally just like the inability to let go and just be like, all right, I'm going to do this. Like, people came here to see me do this. Yeah. Even then, I still haven't quite gotten it. It's exciting, actually. I, lo- I, I like. I'm excited about performing again with all of this new psychological, like just age, just that behind is like a powerful asset because you just are like. You got a hot body. I got a hot. Serve up. I'm like, some yeah. Meat. I've been eating a lot of food, <laughs> so I'm bigger. <laughs> you did so great though in the spring when we had those two little shows in Montreal. Like people were loving. Um, I wish this? you know what's funny is that like. The show where we did a shorter set, I Ooh. found was so much better at Brutopia as opposed to the Grumpies debacle. Um, like that's the way it always is, though. Grumpies, Good dress rehearsal, bad show. Yeah, like Grumpies was so loud and yeah. so, and I couldn't hear a fucking thing. Whereas at Brutopia, I could hear myself in the monitors, and I was like, "Ooh, I can hear the, I can hear it," and I was controlling it. Whereas like. Grumpy's was yeah. like just singing into the void and not knowing what it sounds like until I hear a video that your mom took and it sounds bad. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> you're right. Nobody being able to hear each other is a, uh, it cannot be understated how important it is to be able to hear. Well, it's also just like it throws you off when you're on stage and like at Brutopia, it was nice because I expected to not hear myself. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, oh. Yeah, oh, they have monitors. You're oh, like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I remember I used to do the open mic there and I would have my best performances there. Mm. And I don't think I ever connected the dots. It was probably because there was a bit of monitoring. Really good, mon- yeah. Not really good, but just enough for a bar, you know, probably just like enough to compensate for like the din of drunk people in the yeah, that area. God, it's crazy how bad my live performances have been like to the point where how bad in terms of uh that like preparedness like you know the let's say the highest level is like a festival with an in-ear monitor yeah and the lowest is like going to a cafe and finding out they have no speakers in the whole place and we have to just do it acoustically (laughs) and the place holds like 150 people oh wow so i just like kind of walked around it was like screaming Oh my God! City woman, oh city woman, <laughs> yeah, literally like crazy. Cello was like so fucking loud. Of course, so it was a bright and, and It's so really it was like, hard to make it quieter too. Eh? Yeah, so I, I was just like thirty feet in front of her. 
I was like doing a mix, you know. God, yeah. geez, that would have been really hard. To stay it, it was. I was like, whatever. They're giving us a free panini, <laughs> or free panino anyway. A panino, a panino <laughs> each. What do you guys want to eat? Say, do you guys do paninos? <laughs> well, then you'd say panini because it's plural. Panino is. Do you the guys singular. do one panino? <laughs> um, yeah, that always cracks people up. If you're just like, do you want to split a biscotto? <laughs> like it's just like one of those I don't know what it is there's certain things that are just I think I got you one time when I when I called the barista the barista yeah it was a male a barista. barista it's so funny and it turns out that's actually what it is too oh really yeah. beautiful yeah I, I wasn't about to call Luke at Cordova a barista with that beautiful orange mustache no you're not gonna call a man an actress are you no. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah oh, it's good it's good it's good you have to laugh <laughs> you have to laugh uh the uh the arc yeah the going back to the farmer's market analogy mm-hmm. just to finish it off is that like trends are super real yeah so people kind of fade out and then they come back like for ironies like hey it's back to boys remember us haha <laughs> it's funny and then it's like six months in they're like yeah we released a new record and then six months after that it's like also, we have a cruise ship now that you can just like, you'll see us walking around. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, pour oil into the fucking ocean. Oh, um, gross. Yeah. It's so, so I just think that like that arc is more severe. The thing that we're doing is um, better, I think, day to day. There's not a lot of, we're, we're going to do probably no time in press junkets doing stupid, yeah. talking about stupid bullshit and selling like, you know, Calvin Klein underwear and things. Yeah. It's like, which I is just probably like, fine. And we might actually be happier because of it. Yeah. I just like don't, um, cause I used to, well, I still get occasionally, but I used to get really jealous of like kind of, I still do, but I used to too. <laughs> it's a Michelle Influ- influencer slash singer songwriter person that's on Instagram. Yeah. Um. But then I kind of once I became more aware of what the industry is, I realized that's a lot of like, first of all, getting attention for what you look like, which is like not healthy and is not a sustainable thing. No, it's not. Opens he- up not to healthy a lot is of, a good. Is opens a good up to, to a lot it. of like like opportunity for manipulation and just like just creepy creep vibes um and then also just like selling stuff selling stuff sucks but you have to do it like as if it's just casual yeah yeah you, you have, have to, to pretend really that you're yeah you have to you have to pretend that it's like not like a sponsored ad thing and then also like yeah when kim kardashian goes like oh man i love this specific tea or makeup or whatever it is yeah that seems it, it if i'm with her i'm like you know you're like a 10, 15, 20% of your audience is going to be tricked into getting this because they think you're sincerely like supporting it. And her knowing like, yeah, this is literally preying on a type of person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like there's no other way. Like the She's married to fucking Kanye West. <laughs> Does she need more money? No. Um, and Sorry, I think, uh, no, no, I, I agree. But then also I think that like the thing with this type of person is that like, you know, there's a type of person who, um, just like really puts everything into what they're doing and it does pay off. Like, um, well, speaking of Brian Groom, your ex, um, just did a really cool show, um, with like a very well-known country person. Her name is Brandy Clark. Yeah. Um, and like. 
that's like the kind of thing that comes from hard work and putting yourself out there musically, specifically musically. And I think that you're either the person who's working hard on the one thing that they really love and like, and you're kind of in control of your career because you're like, you're not taking from things that aren't related to what you love, you know, like you're just focused on this thing that you're doing. And it's also like, I don't know, like the kind of, there's, I think there's like Lizzo, like mm-hmm. there, there's new, there's artists that are uh, Laura Marling that are kind of running the show of their thing. They're like running their show. They're like, I write the music. I like perform the music. Yeah, it's like old school performer shit. Yeah. I produce like they do all of it. And I think right now you're either one of those people who's like kind of really in control or you become kind of like this kind of like team member. Yeah. You know? That's right. And I and that's what I used to get jealous of was that like people who were kind of like, Oh, I was featured in this or like I kind of like helped out with this or like I sold this thing or like I modeled for this or whatever. But it's just like I don't really want to be a team member. I want to be the leader, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's also really crazy to think about that um that maybe if you could figure out a way to just enjoy being like a 25 year old in a Dairy Queen sweater who's like just <laughs> learning to mix and release music and stuff and you weren't eager to get somewhere yeah you would just be your like mind and real life would line up and you would just be present you'd be like oh like I'm not like I just actually have to try to enjoy what this is mm-hmm. and that is the ticket and I, I just don't want to, when I really think about it, when I take myself down from a, uh, or pull myself out of a jealousy spiral of some random girl I found on the internet, um, I have to tell myself, I have to put myself in the shoes of somebody who has all of these people telling them things to do. And I just like don't want that. I want to be in control of what I make and what I do. And I feel... Like, I would feel really bad and to be disingenuous if I had to do, like, a marketing campaign. Somebody was like, it's really going to work, so you're going to have to do this thing. And I'm just like, not, don't have my heart in it. It was a really gross thing of ASMR. But, yeah, no, I just I just don't want to, um, I don't want to have to be disingenuous. I don't want to, like, make music that I don't like. I don't want to, like, and there's some people that, like, session players, for example, like, just kind of love just, like, grinding, like, I think they love shedding. They love playing. Yeah, they just love playing, and like there's people at McGill that like never seemed bothered by never writing their own music. Like never bought, like never cared at all. But like we're so sick at like shredding lines and stuff like that, and like improvising for somebody's tune or whatever. They're so good at it, but like never seem motivated to write their own music. Whereas I was like, oh, I have a song in my heart, but I do not have an instrument to. to play it on that's right just like didn't believe that you could maybe have a primary instrument yeah you're like through the you're over the hump with guitar which is nice yeah i feel really proud of myself you're just gonna get better at strumming if you literally do it for 30 seconds a day well i'm also just getting better at like focusing my strumming because there's a difference between strumming and um and just hitting the guitar all at once which is kind of what i used to do yeah but but also on top of that like i really genuinely think that there's a misconception for the average person about what learning is like mm. what it actually is and the um the strengthening of uh, neurons and the the connecting things it's like 
it's kind of just a process of showing up and doing it. And it actually, there's like a really fast diminishing return of, like, I, I've never seen anyone who says that, like, practicing something for an hour is uh, is relevant. Like, rather than doing, like, a bunch of stuff for shorter periods of time every day, yeah, um, seems to be way more effective than, like, eight hours of piano today. There's, like, this kind of fall off of, like, you don't put time in. So it's just literally just, like, when you're strumming, like, you just you like won't get better in one session. Like you'll pick up and it'll kind of be like the same from the beginning to the end really. Yeah. But then when you sleep and you wake up, you just are better at it. Yeah. And this happens pretty quickly. And then you realize that like, you don't actually have to be very good at something for most people to think that you're in, you're like incredible. Yeah. So you kind of like, you're like, okay, I can focus on another weaker thing and get that to the point where I think it needs to be added. Yeah. At least this is what I do to learn to do 10 different things. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, but I had a few points I wanted to make yeah, please, from sorry. <laughs> with the social media stuff and the tons of people following you. I was just thinking about this, this idea of like, imagine like two people sitting in a void. Okay. It's just like two people in a white space. Okay. One of them has like 10 million Instagram followers or less a million or 80, a hundred thousand, however much you want, whatever person you're looking at, you're like, fuck. And then look at yours and let's say it's more like 15,000. 20,000. 100. <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> but in the future. Okay. Um, you know, once you've got like a bit of rhythm going with music and stuff, you play some shows and blah, blah, blah. This is like the arc of your career is what I'm talking about. So imagine that you have the people around you. There's like a hundred people. Okay. The person with the million subscribers or whatever. Imagine that they have like, you know, five to 8,000 people around them, literally around them. Who do you want to be in that scenario? Considering also the fact that the person who has the like five to 8,000 people, half of those people are like the worst. They're there to yeah. yell at them. They're there to make them feel bad. To to They use the fact that there's 8,000 people to sell bad shit and trick yeah. people like when you like get a big crowd, like grifters show up because yeah. they're just like, fuck yeah, there's 8,000 people here. We can sell them tea and stuff. And you know what? Sorry, if you don't mind, I'm just going to no, make please. a very small thing. Is actually, I was thinking about this when um, I looked at my analytics for one of my profiles or something and and the gender divide was was a little, it was a little big. Like I have like 30% men and 60% women. Wait, that's not right. Uh, yeah, anyway, roughly that. Mm. Um, and <laughs> the 10% is other, I guess. Um, but... So, and I was thinking, like, who are the women that are following me? They're usually, like, kind of smart and, like, like creative women. And then I think about, like, all of the men that I know, like, most men that I see and know. Which of those, how many of those are actually, like, smart and creative and the kind of person that would genuinely actually follow me? And I'm like, oh, the number actually isn't that big. So it so instead of feeling bad, like, oh, like, why don't more men like me? I realize that, like, most men my age that are, like, like most men are, like, not into, like, introspective folk music and, like, arty Tumblr, like, Insta, like, no, photos girls who wear stuff. sweaters and uh, talk about their boyfriend. Yeah, and then I was thinking, like, oh, yeah, most men, I'm walking down the street and I see men, not to take shots at men, but I'm just like, you know, I don't. Don't gel with a lot of them, you know? And it's more likely... Especially, like, we live in the suburbs. Yeah, exactly. So, like, so it's especially a pair. I look like a 
fucking weirdo walking around <laughs> in New West. And like, I love men, and I am a huge supporter of of uh, loving all men with respect and joy. And but yeah. they, you have a dad I've, there, all right? I have a People, father, yeah. Um, if you but love seriously, men, name every man. I I do feel like that really helped me like put it in perspective. I was like, do I want most men to follow me? Because from what I gather from being a woman for the past like. 25 years um most men are probably not man this is who that, i really want to follow this know, is that toxic to masculinity it, it, it turns out that it's like you when you look at people who are truly toxic men yeah it's like guys who have been poisoned um because of like too much or something you know like if you have too much like or like carrots you like skin goes orange yeah, yeah, that? yeah. Actually, my that friend's older sister used to eat so many carrots that her hands would just palms of her hands would be orange. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that's what I think toxic masculinity really is. Is like this over this hyper, like lots of areas in your brain that need filling through life. There's just like parts of your brain that get filled in, whether you like it or not. You're just like walking around, you're taking an experience, like you're you know, and if you fill every spot of your brain with just masculine shit, it's like absolutely terrible and you and like you said your fingers start to turn color because you're just like this toxic guy like it's really turn poop colored and and, smell that's right and the people you see it's like anyway this is just a this is just my argument as to why we should feel bad for them yeah because it's just like as someone who who has been definitely more like macho in my life certainly like more I need to preserve a sense of masculinity. Yeah, you're from the South Shore. Yeah, exactly. Very like, <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of that area. Uh, it's like an area that like just was pretty homophobic yeah. up until like 2007, at least, because that's when, in my senior year, I did an argument as to why gay marriage should be legal everywhere. Yeah, I just like made this argument, and the argument was based on people hypocritically like choosing to follow like some biblical ideas and not others and also oh my teacher gave me like a fucking 40 out of 100 she was like no i I was just like what was your teacher homophobic do you think i don't know maybe like because you lived also already it's funny that all these kids were so passionate about this when they already were living in a country that allowed gay marriage in 2007 i'm pretty sure also (laughs) totally i think and um and on top of that like uh I mean, I probably didn't do a good job. I probably wrote it like the day before. I didn't actually try hard in school at all. So it's like I, I may have deserved it for that. 40 yeah, is harsh though. 40 is harsh because I did really exceptionally well in English. I was always in the fucking 80s like, uh, and in a class where most people were probably going to fail. Your teacher's closet. Closeted Maybe. Like, I don't know. It's just like it could be that. I mean, it was very – I remember when – because she would read our grades out just – all right, Jesse, you got this. Like bang, that's bang. so inappropriate. I know it's that so is weird. So inappropriate. You could walk up and have her whisper it, or you could look at it. But I was always like, I'm not going to do that. Because then, yeah, well, that is so fucked. Because then that means me walking in front isn't of everyone. Even supposed to, unless there's like a problem with like how badly you did, and they need to have a discussion with you. Grades were handed out on a piece of paper. Yeah, that's why I should. Be. So anyway, so I got like a forty, and people were like, "Huh?" Like I looked around, and I, I remember like my best friend being like, "The fuck?" It was like the one time I was in a class with a friend. I was just like, that's weird. Like, that's out of character for me. Um, so, so anyway, so we it was... You should go back and sue her. Maybe, but maybe... <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember me? Um, <laughs> yeah. Mrs. M. This is the teacher I had a crush on, Oh, even more painful. Maybe uh, yeah, she knew fine. you had a crush on her, and then she was <laughs> she like, hey, distance. I gotta like... Yeah, I need to distance this whole fuck. 
He's Man. too hot. We went to one movie. Yeah, that's right. I was all skinny fit of like abs because I'm so wiry and sinewy. She knew and it was underneath those skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially at that time, it was... Made God. your dick look extra big because yeah. your p- legs are so skinny. I was... Uh, no, legs were... Because I was skateboarding forever, so legs oh, were already big. True. But uh, this is right around the time I started showering every day, you know? Nice. Cut my hair nice and short, started wearing ACDC shirts, oh. had little tattoos, played Ooh. guitar. Yeah, memories of her 90s youth. She's like, Ooh. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I jumped in one summer. I did the, like, glow up over the summer oh, thing. Oh, you, you long-bottomed. Yeah, in secondary four. Okay. Um, and uh, and it was it was like I joined the party. It was like I had gone from wearing, like, super, super baggy clothing, like, very, very baggy clothing, to, like, yeah, really tight, like, tight rock and roll shirts i was playing guitar everywhere mm-hmm. and uh was like tall and outgoing all of a sudden so it was so it was like a it was interesting what happened was like when i went from being like this stinky poor person that Aww. nobody liked which I, I was the worst i was like correcting people's grammar and like just being like really really insecure I get it. yeah i know yeah you get it we <laughs> s- still know people like this um so when i shot up in the ranks of personability people yeah. were nice to me all of a sudden girls liked me for the first time ever this this jump though had it had an effect i didn't expect which is it's so funny it ties in perfectly to what we were talking about with celebrity earlier mm-hmm. which is that if you rise that quickly and you disrupt this much energy suddenly a bunch of people like you naturally it will make a bunch of people who really dislike you haters yeah and it's it, if you go up too quickly it's like you get stretch marks it's like you get these haters of like these people who are now going to it's like you you flew through the status quo too quickly so people are like what's happening here like there's no system where people in lower class jump to being high class it's like i was like fucking ryan in newport beach you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like i was just suddenly like ryan ryan <laughs> yeah it's, it's ryan. just like, <laughs> ryan <laughs> hey sandy sandy <laughs> Seth. Yeah, Seth is funny. Yeah, yeah. Seth. <laughs> Seth. <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan. There's a lot of like, like, just like breathy, like afraid Marissa. Oh. Like, yeah. Marissa is a fucking train wreck. Yeah, and then the whole she point dies. Spoilers. Oh my god. Yeah, you haven't even seen that episode. It's heartbreaking. Like, Marissa and then just Ryan's wobbles like, out of control until eventually she falls down. Yep. Yeah. No, there's a there's it's a huge part of it. Is it's fault. really frustrating. Marissa dying is so frustrating when you watch it, when you watch the season because it's so obvious. Like, do you want do you want spoilers? Yeah, very I don't briefly. Care. So she's hanging. I don't know what happens. She's hanging out. Well, well, you don't really, but um, no, she, I know that it happens. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. So she's <laughs> hanging out. She starts to. Um, she has to transfer schools because she gets expelled. Um, and she goes to like the dirty public school, and she, oh, there's this guy named Johnny who's totally dreamy, but like is mentally He's unwell, yeah, yeah. and he dies. Does he like grab her? No, 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 no. He's like a soft skater, sensitive. Um, right. I had a huge crush on Johnny totally. when it came out because he was like a better version of Seth that wasn't funny. Um, yeah, anyway, just like, anyway, really More nice. Broody. And then, um, so she goes to schools, goes to the public school. She meets Johnny. Johnny is a dreamboat. Is a dreamboat. She meets this guy named Volchuk, who is like Russian mob. 
No, he plays um, a really evil vampire in Twilight, actually, later. But oh. um, anyway, so Voltuk is, like, tantalizing for Marissa. He's the perfect thing to piss off her mother one last time. Makes her feel dangerous. Also makes her feel safe. Yeah. But she kind <laughs> of, like, gets her act together a little yeah. bit. Helps Voltuk get his... Well, his no, shit no. together. Gets no, his coffee shop off the ground. No, 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 no. That's not what happens. Sorry. So <laughs> so Marissa gets her shit back together. She gets into a good school. She gets into Berkeley, which is hilarious. For or something. Yeah, fucking. They, somehow Marissa. Yeah, those schools are so hard to get into. Anyway, Marissa gets into some Ivy League that's in dr- within driving distance of the OC. And Ryan's like, okay, well, I'm going to say goodbye. I'm going to take you. Um, so he drives and Volchuk, she did something to piss Volchuk off. And Volchuk... Um, comes along in his big SUV and just tries to fucking kill them with a big car um, and oh, runs them off the road when she's on the way. She just graduated from high school on the way to, we thought... On the way to Berkeley, literally. We were, yeah, we were so excited. Marissa finally got her shit together and she's going off and Volchuk runs them over um, and uh, and their car rolls off and like Marissa... And, the, it, Ryan and is Ryan driving. is in the car. Yeah, yeah. Ryan is driving, and, and that's where. Have you ever seen that photo? That image of Ryan like carrying. It's like a. It's like a vignette. It's like a little yeah. snapshot of, of Ryan carrying. Looks her. like Mother Mary carrying it's Jesus. Mi- it's mirrored from the first season when they go to Tijuana and she overdoses and he comes out like carrying her. It's exactly like the same angle. That episode and was insane. I know. It's fucking crazy. That's like why the OC popped an, off. An alleyway in Tijuana. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> 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 I had two tequilas, Ryan. Well, no, she took her mom's. She took um, Summer's mom's pills or something. Yeah. Um, but she popped forty-five vitamin Ds. Yeah. So anyway, that's how Marissa <laughs> dies. She she's, she's glowing in the corner. She, yeah, she's finally coming back to life, and then Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah plays, and <laughs> all is lost. And then yeah. the the next two seasons are just like rebuilding after Marissa dies, and like Ryan, there's like a this montage. is Marissa's twin that we haven't met yet. Her name is Jarissa. Ryan literally joins. A fight club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, fuck. We should do... Oh, running up that hill. That song is in it. Is in the montage. Like the fight club montage. Oh, that's amazing. And he, Ryan does end up with a woman yeah, who's like... Who's like all like Marissa if she was like bubbly and like focused. Ooh. Nice. Excited about uh, We should do... I've, there's this podcast that I've, that I've listened to called uh, Raised on TV. It's pretty funny. It's John Gavis and Lauren Lapkus. Okay. And... Uh, they're just like they they have kind of a fun it's like about nineties TV, but it's more about them just improvising with each other and being inappropriate. Yeah. Um yeah, it's really funny. They do this thing called first and last, where they watch the first episode and the last episode or something oh in a row God. and then just try to talk about it. That's amazing. Because starting with Ryan being just like trying to steal a car or whatever, yeah. and going to that to him in a fight club <laughs> is hilarious. Well, Ryan becomes an architect actually. Um, they do a five yeah, yeah, years I later know. thing. They, and they plant that in the first season where he's like looking at the blueprints and he's like, yeah, yeah so what do you think? You put like a sunroom here, maybe <laughs> really accentuate this light. And she's like, yeah, actually, right? What the fuck? Oh, God. <laughs> I love the OC. It's yeah. So good. So we should, we should do a first and last of it. Yeah, or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Watch the do... first season and the last season, something like that. Something non committal yeah. when there's 11 seasons. Yeah, yeah. We had a hard time because the episodes are so long. They're like an hour long. So yeah, and it's, it is funny, but the fat. And also, we were going through a bit of a personal crisis at the time. So it was yeah. difficult to keep up a personal project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were like, should we move to the West Coast? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. But all I have to say is that, like, man, you, you get famous 
and uh, in that way, and you're going to be surrounded by literally like, yeah, creeps. Like if you're big enough, you can have communities that exist because you exist. Like, mm -hmm. like the My Little Pony. <laughs> fuck boys. From, and the, the girl from Hey Ocean. Yeah. Ashley Ball. Yeah. The, the, yeah, it's just like, I shouldn't even, I shouldn't even talk trash about them. I, I, I feel like I understand what happened there. Like, I feel like I get... I understand what happened with My Little Pony. I'd love to ask Ashley about like what that feels like to have all those fans. Like, I wonder how she Man, feels about it. The documentary about it is kind of hilarious about her. It, oh, really? Yeah, it's all it's all about her being oh. this singer who's in this crazy phenomenon. Oh, crazy! And uh, it talks to Vertesi and the and the drummer or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and they're just like, yeah, we don't love it. Yeah. <laughs> they're fully like, it's like <gasps> after imagine. show stark, and they're like, yeah, it's kind of annoying. If I remember correctly, they're they're not down to like have half of their audience be these kind of like well i bet cuz it's neckbeardy type stereotypes I, which is again like i get they're just pro they're men who are yeah. the products of some bullshit like i get it but it, i bet it's like i bet a lot of it for them is not necessarily the fact that they're like maybe a little weird about it but the fact that like it's not just about the music it probably feels kind of like oh like we have these these followers and these listeners but they're not really in it for our tunes no they're in it for and her it's not even like it's not even like Hey Ocean's song is in a Twilight movie and then Twilight people start going to see Hey Ocean for that one song. Yeah. It's not even like that. Because even that, I would get. If, yeah, because if they I love would, the song. Yeah, I would like start a show with like, if I ever had bangers, like hit, big hits, probably open with them and give a chance for people to leave. Because yeah. it's like, all right, we're going to get a little weirder now or we're going to be switching from bluegrass to fucking, yeah. you know, blues to rock to whatever the hell, like whatever's going on. Like they may not be down with my whole catalog, you know, can imagine that. But uh, so that I would understand, but it's literally like just they were coming because, yeah, she was in the show. She played the main pony of these ponies that they want to have sex with. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. I get it. I do actually get it. I feel like I get the thing, but it's certainly an interesting. I mean, I'd take the money in this economy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I would take the money. I'd be like, yeah, thank you. Uh, as long as I did, as long as I wasn't preying on them. Mm. You know, I'm not trying to sell them my underwear. I'm just trying to like, yeah, I'm they, sure if they want to buy tickets to shows, then it's kind of like, what am I going to do? Be like, don't come to the shows. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And also, I bet there's a subsect who like the music because it's her voice and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, they like her voice. Yeah. But, they love her voice. But uh, why did that come up? Oh, just like rising to too quickly, you kind of end up with... Um, just a questionable group. Subsective. Yeah. And then also what I was going to say was that like to get to that point you like kind of I, I know for a fact that like people will force themselves to interact with those creeps to get their attention because those creeps have power you know like yeah. those, they have influence and they have power and they make totally videos uh, let's and... be let's be completely frank you and I would like to be in a cafe and have people come up to us and go like hi we love your work yeah right we both would love that We'd be yeah. Like, yeah but would we love it if it happened all the time Hmm. Like, do you feel ever feel like celebrity like fuck someone up? Like, doesn't Johnny Depp seem like the type who maybe was probably better being anonymous, but like liked the fame, but probably would have been better off as a human being if he had not if he had been if he had been able to like go out and just be a person, yeah, and well, not be Johnny Depp all the time. I think John Mayer is a perfect example of that. I think yeah, that's why like he it. that's why he has that little um little property in montana and the town yeah, people apparently escape, are like are cool about are, it. yeah that's that i actually love that the fan that the local f 
people are like pretty chill about it. And I feel like also Canada is a good place for that as well. Like, like Joni Mitchell living in Gibson's, like people have seen her, but yeah. she doesn't get swamped because they're like yeah, that's right. Islander Canadians that are also, like, oh, yeah. hey, Joni. <laughs> I think small communities are also like, we're also here to not be doing that with people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A part of me, I used to really fantasize about growing up in a small town. I don't know why. I was weirdly like into the idea of this insular community yeah. that knows everybody. Yeah. I, I kind of like that energy. So I think that's why I like hanging out with Maritimers. They kind of make you feel that way when you're yeah. with them. Yeah. They just make it everybody feel like – I feel like Maritimers like are quick to get really close to people, like into it. Yeah. They make themselves at home. They mm-hmm. go in your fridge. I kind of love that. They're like, you know what to kind of remind me of? Remember when those um, those uh, dwarves show up in The Hobbit? Yeah. And they start to just like move in and like yeah. eat food and stuff. <laughs> it's kind of what it's like when you have a bunch of Maritimers around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, I kind of love it. It's because I'm not like, what's his face? Martin Freeman. Oh, yeah. Bilbo. Yeah, Bilbo you know, I'm not like freaking stuffing. out. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about hobbits is they're very, uh, hobbitses are very particular they're about like their homes. They're conservative, right? They're and ignorant. they're also just like really tidy, I think. I think their thing is that they just have these, their little organization. They're very private. I think they're like private folk. They're very like keep up with the Joneses, right? Yeah, I think so. They host parties. They want yeah. people in. They want people to know that they're doing well. Yeah, and they wouldn't like a surprise party. They're thing, like gated you know? community people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. That exactly. makes total sense. My favorite thing is like the... Uh, the fellowship of the ring when there's like that old lady and like he gandalf gives the little kids like some little fireworks that go off and the grumpy old lady's like yeah he gives that one kid a a human grass joint oh my god he's like here take this god it's like a hobbit toddler he also gives him like uh like a vinyl of dark side of the moon oh my god all right this is gonna be crazy what's dark side of the moon it's a uh it's a seminal pink floyd record Oh, that like has been in the top. You said a vial of Dark Side of the Moon. I, oh, I, a vinyl. Oh, I yeah. heard a vial. Like, is that some sort of party drug? No, it's like been on the top 100 records like yeah. since it came out. Yeah, Isn't I know what Dark Side of the Moon. Is. Yeah, it's an album. Okay, God, <laughs> I know. I wish um, you were fucking here. <laughs> That's not even on geez. that album, is it? I don't know. I was gonna learn that yesterday. Because it's just like one of those classic. Wish I'm like, I feel like I should know that song. It's like I, I've been kind of obsessed with. What I used to play when I first first started, Jimi Hendrix, this kind of stuff. I've just been really kind of. I remember like learning riffs and just being so amazed by them. I was like, "Wow, this yeah. is like incredible." It was so magic at that point. I would literally just like follow the the fucking spell on my computer, and it would just make the sound. But I had no idea how it worked. I didn't know how the pickups worked. Didn't know what the knobs did. Didn't know what notes were. Didn't know that the strings were tuned to a note. Didn't know about chords. Or, what was your or, first electric guitar? It was this sparkly red Kramer Strat copy. Oh. And it was this left-handed guitar that I was just like, I was like, what is, sir, what is this? I was like in that <laughs> pawn shop. And he's like, oh, it's it? a left-handed guitar. I was in there to buy an Xbox. Okay. And I was like... And you bought a guitar instead? Super impulse. <gasps> That's like, I, so romantic. But I, I'm still like this with, with guitars. I'll just yeah. like be like, well, I'm going to just fuck my life up for six months and buy this well, guitar. Well, if you're going to buy an Xbox and then you buy a guitar instead, that's pretty... But uh, for perspective, at the time, I had never shown interest in anything outside of video games. Mm-hmm. Like an autistic person. I would just play video... I used to... There was one game I used to play like... Ten, I would beat it like five times in one day, just over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, like I could not get enough. I couldn't. I could not get enough of this 
game. Because every time you beat it, like something would change. And if you beat it again, you it would like continuously yeah, yeah. change. Anyway, it was this whole thing. Um, I was like speed running these video games over and over again. Okay. Yeah. And it's just like it's like that attention um was undivided. I didn't like do any other things really. I skateboarded yeah. once I got a skateboard, I became kind of obsessed with that. But uh when I bought a guitar, I was like sixteen. And I didn't have an amp, and I didn't have a cord. I didn't have a cable. I didn't have, like, anything. I had no... There was no reason. Everybody considered it to be a weird use of my money. They're like, you got... This is the first time you've ever been paid. I was, like, cleaning up a building for my dad. Just, like, no mask, no ventilation. Just, like, cleaning up all this dust from this fucking building that they took down. God knows what's in it. Uh, so... Clean up the uh, clean up the space. Get paid like two hundred dollars for like eighty hours of labor. You know, like that kind of shit. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, the general attitude is like, you took all your money that you ever had for the first time in your life, and you bought a guitar with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. And then it like sat in a pile of dirty laundry for like a year. I just oh. like didn't touch it. Yeah. Wow. But then, um, but then it, you know, I played it like it one- spoke to you one night. It was like. Yeah, it was really. I remember playing it being so. The the reason I didn't, and the, you know what's crazy about this, my dad and grandmother and grandfather all played guitar. <laughs> my dad lived with us, of course, and my grandparents were next door to us. Yeah, as retired people, and I'm learning guitar just f- on my own because no one's gonna take a second to like uh, show me anything really. Yeah. So it's like, I'm I'm like learning and getting frustrated because I literally, you you know what I'm like when I truly don't understand something mm-hmm. i get like frustrated because yeah. i want to get it with music it was like when you first look at a tab it's like you have no idea what's happening yeah yeah you have no idea that the that the letters on the left are the name of the strings mm-hmm. there's two e's and one is lowercase you, you don't even no, know what notes are right no i don't know what the concept of a note is like mm-hmm. i don't know that pitch i like know that like there's like jokes about like Hitting a C and like I I know that there's like references to things like this. Yeah. But I have no clue. Someone tried to sit me down and show me what sheet music was at one point on the piano. And I was after I'd played guitar. And I remember them just being like, This little this is an F. It was just like the bars, you know, like the staff the space mm-hmm. in between. It's like this is an F. And I was just like I was like, Why? <laughs> and it was just like what a question to ask the person was flummoxed because it's like yeah why is this f like that's a really big question what i meant was they never explained to me that like the position of the note on the staff determined what the note was yeah they didn't explain that to me so i'm looking at this like black eighth note on a page and i'm like don't know what an eighth note is don't know what the stem is don't know what the note is don't yeah. know what the staff is don't know what the I don't know. And it is I'm mystical. Like, like it is confusing. Like the early music notation was a little more vague. Early oh. music, like I studied it a little bit, and it was like more. There was direction for what direction the pitch would go up or down, like that kind of thing. And and they were just kind of taught like these like Gregorian chanters and these early choirs yeah. and singer church singers and stuff were taught like okay here's like a t- tones and pitch or whatever, yep. and then they like go up and down it wasn't as precise it was more like just people singing together because it usually had like a purpose mm-hmm. which is so weird it was more vague yeah so so yeah so I'm, when, I, when you're first learning like it's so confusing the numbers no one tells you it's upside down like yeah. it's the way the perspective of tabs is like when you're looking down at a guitar yeah 
Like, if you're not explained that, <laughs> you're just gonna go, you're doing all of them upside down. You're like, this sounds like shit, and you have. You don't even have the vocabulary to search what is wrong because you don't know what anything is called on the thing. Yeah. Did you ever like, did you just figure it out trial and error or did you like find a resource that was kind of like basics of the guitar? This is how it works. Before I started playing guitar, I was already using the internet pretty, I had like the internet in my room, Mm. uh, I believe, for, for some time at that point. And I'd already been on the internet a lot. We had it from when I was like a kid. We had the internet in my house, so so uh, I've been on the internet like my entire life, basically. So at that point, I was just like good at searching the internet and finding stuff, and then it just slowly pieces together. You just you you get one thing, and you're like, wait, what do you mean? Like when you find <laughs> yeah. like recently, I figured out the EQ connected to note thing, and why when people say shit like the arrangement is the most important part of the mix, I'm always like, okay. That just seems like something that people say. Yeah. You know? It's just like, yeah, yeah, the song needs to be good. It's like, that's not even what they're saying. They're saying that literally, like, the note choice needs to be yeah. correct. Because you can, like, put too many, too much of one note in one place and it just that. Like, because you much. chose those notes. Like, that was absolutely mind-blowing to me recently. Is the arrangement thing about, like, just dynamics changing? No, it's literally like, okay, you don't want your, your uh, stew to be too salty. Mm. So don't add too many salty ingredients. Okay. Like that's what it, that's what I mean by that. Like let's say like let's say we break down the the uh, EQ spectrum into like sub bass where you feel it, you know that big giant bass you feel, then like bass mids in trouble, like that. Okay, if you had too much of too much low end in instruments, like if I play like fucking C one on a bunch of different instruments, there's just gonna be way too much low end. So instead, I should play like C1, C2, C3, and C4, space them super far away from each other, and then just like the ear will make it sound like it's one instrument that just has this incredible, um, this incredible timbre to it because it's four different voices stacked on each other. And then you have the same like, you know, you're hitting that voice four times, but they're all spaced an octave away from each other, and they don't compete with each other at all in the EQ, and they can just sit with each other. Mm-hmm. So when you get rid of the low end of a house that just is like a house is just fucking buzzing all the time at like 20 hertz, well, you just get rid of all of that in, in all the tracks, all that buzzing of the house. Yeah. They all just kind of sit and you basically don't need to do anything else with them. Yeah. Really. That's nice. Yeah. It's, it's just like a crazy eye opening thing. And when you learn like a fundamental rule of the game, it's like when you find out that in um, Monopoly, if someone doesn't buy a property, you're supposed to go to auction immediately. Mm. That's like... If someone someone is going to buy it, basically every time you land on a thing, mm. and what that does is it adds an element of like a guy might pay like a thousand dollars for the fourth um, railway, so that he can have all four because you get like bonuses. Okay, if you have a monopoly. Yeah, I feel like I don't know how to play monopoly at all. Literally, <laughs> but the stigma around monopoly is that it's this awful game. Mm. But IRL monopoly is like one of the best. It is like twenty minutes long. Like it's not long at all. Okay, and it's super stressful because you're like. Should I spend all my money, get this fucking hotel on this property, and then if two people land on it, I have more money than I started because mm-hmm. of the nature of the game. So you're, you're gambling all the time. But when okay. you don't buy it, you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Everybody's just paying stock price for everything. And there's yeah. no, like, Monopoly requires there to be a market. Mm-hmm. But people don't play without the market. They just go through the motions. And, it's- and then they think Monopoly is a terrible game. <laughs> and it's just like, when you don't know any of the rules of music... 
music theory, audio engineering, and stuff, you assume that the game is bad. Yeah. And there's no reason for anybody to do it. And then you learn how it works, and you're like, this is amazing. It's like drawing or anything. You're like, this is sick. Yeah. Being able to do this is so fun. Yeah. You know? Totes. Anyway, should we close it out with that? Yeah, sure. This is kind of a long-winded thing. <laughs> um, this started with, you released a song today. Yes. Yes, I did. And uh, I think that the f- the thing that you feel this hesitance, and I'm just saying this as someone who put out their first thing like years ago and remembers the feeling of, of being vulnerable and being like, I'm going to actually try, is that in the past, when I put myself out there, it was met with resistance. So I now have learned that if I put myself out there, actually truly put myself out there in a way that's new and vulnerable for me, my instinct is to reel back because I'm expecting the slap behind the head or whatever. Yeah. But thankfully, literally, like when you're an adult, like, you know, like we're doing now where we just live and it's like everyone is so busy trying to stay alive that no one has time to like come and bully you about <laughs> literally just no that's like the biggest thing and actually in the past the people who quote unquote bullied me the people I had tensions with in high school I've since seen, met them at bars and stuff and they are they're they're like the most gracious people mm. who flip around and go like you were really right about music you were like really pretentious about being a rock star and you talked about it and you were obsessed with it and then you followed through with it yeah. And you're still doing it. So it's like that's like it's like you get to you feel that people are impressed with people who commit to music because they love music. But it, it's just like the idea of doing it for work is insane. Yeah. Because, you know, thank God I was already poor. And then it was like, <laughs> what, what am I going to do? Be yeah. more poor than I am now? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And this naive belief that if I just have the Internet, I could just figure out fucking anything because it's just like. Everybody lays it out in these 10-minute videos. I could do it my own time. And uh, so far, that and the, and the help of uh, technology being better, um, you know, it's made it possible for us to, like... My ra- my mixes right now are sounding more and more competitive. Oh, I'm so glad. And that was, like, the missing... I think the missing ingredient from... Yeah, because it was also just squandering your spirit a little bit. Yeah, because I can just tell when it sounds like shit. I'm like, this sounds terrible. Mm. It's just not like what other people are doing, you know? Yeah. It's like when you jump from um, APS-C to full frame for the first time. <laughs> You're like, whoa. 50 yes. millimeter becomes like this magic lens. Yeah. The amount of bokeh. It was like so fun going from APS-C for like two, three years of professional video work and then jumping to full frame mm-hmm. at a time where nobody had full frame cameras literally when i got one it was like people were renting it off me because yeah. nobody had them the a7s no the 5d mark ii oh okay it was like insane i paid like five thousand dollars for it whoa yeah it, it was like insane but it got me like it literally got me my job with xo mm. uh because i just had one yeah it was just like hey you you have it's like a great example of just for the job you want yeah i just had this camera and then i was doing this uh this like IT job for him and I had this camera and I just was taking photos and doing stuff and he hated that I was fooling around so much but he loved that I was (laughs) taking photos of behind the scenes stuff Yeah. and then uh, yeah I must have got like fucking $25,000 of work from that guy over the course of however many years like putting yourself out there that's why I'm doing the thing that I'm doing just going to take photos of people and that's why you're putting music out (laughs) Yeah. because it's like who knows somebody could find it and go like hey we want to collaborate with you and that can introduce you to this person and then that meets that and then 
who knows? Like you're you're gonna end up being like someone's maid of honor probably, and you haven't even met them yet. Like <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff is crazy. I might have friends one day. <laughs> wow. Yeah, where you're just like this is, but it comes through like, like it it doesn't shock me that for example you never put out a song before because you knew the process of putting out a song. Like learning guitar was like the first step of releasing a song, yeah. in my opinion, because you weren't gonna hook up with like a jazz guitar player and sing and he writes the parts and then you can only do music once a week when they meet up and he cancels half the time and yeah you, i don't think you were going to do that so same way that you wanted to take your own photos and all this other stuff so it's like learning guitar was the first step of that you know and then also there's like the human error of the other person just like being oh, a disaster like i had I, I did play with a guitar player who was really really good at like mm. remembering stuff and just like just kind of was a pro, was a pro. Yeah, really pro. Like really just had great ears, just worked really hard and always showed up yes. and was just on time. That's and awesome. then one time, sweet, sweet Matt wasn't available. And I played with a piano player who Rich, like yeah. had to have like everything written out fully. And one of the things was like just four pages long because we needed there's just like yeah, mainly all because he needed it to be written out four pages long. Um, and it was like River by Joni Mitchell. Yeah, and, I, I do get that though. And all the all the the papers fell off the piano in the middle of the performance. And I was oh, like, nightmare. Oh, damn it. Yeah. And nightmare. it's just like This is why people stick with someone if they're good. They're like, I'm yeah. not gonna fuck around with this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that um I think that learning guitar, writing a song, releasing it. Like, it's literally like this discomfort that you're feeling right now is what you should be searching for all the time. If you if you uh, think of it as being like this feeling that you're feeling where you're like, I am uncomfortable. I don't know about anything right now. Blah, 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 blah. Is what makes people good at stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like when you go to the gym and you lift stuff that's heavy and your muscles are like, oh my God, I've never been used like that. I love that feeling. I lo- if I can't put my backpack on, I'm like... I'm on my way to having a great, healthy physique yeah. if I can't put my backpack on right now. Like, oh, that's yeah, because awesome. your chest gets torn. Yeah, I'm like, this is exactly why I go to the gym is for this result. Because it doesn't actually yeah. hurt. You just are like, the whole day that I'm smoking weed and playing music and I'm sore, I'm like, like we're going to the gym today probably. Yeah, I'm excited. So the last two days, though, I've been really sore. And it's just like, when I'm doing anything, I'm like, I don't have to worry about the gym. I'm super sore, and that means I went, and I can sleep for, like, nine hours a night because it's the best thing you can do for your muscle growth, and you can just, like, I'm just, like, great. It gives me two days of real, like, I am just relaxing and, like, you know, experimenting with sounds and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, If if you can translate this kind of discomfort and that kind of muscle pain to being gross and actually seek it out and literally understand that, like, doesn't have to feel good. I don't think it'll ever feel good. I just think that if you can go like, what else would make me feel really uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. What else would make me feel weird and like putting myself out there? That's what I should do because like anything, eventually you get used to it. And it's like when people come up to me and say like, I love your social media presence. And I go like, you are apps. <laughs> I think every day about how I'm doing nothing yeah. on social media. And I have a camera. I could do anything I want. I could make it rain with all my Photoshop skills and all these things. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, I'd just rather not not post anything. But I think it's because I'm comparing myself to the best at it. And I'm going yeah. like, Anderson Pack's Instagram is insane. Yeah. But they don't know that Anderson Pack exists. And they're just looking at me compared to theirs when they're like, oh, I I I like am a human person. Dinner, I got married, 
here's me with my cat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, that's what they're thinking. That's what they're comparing it to. And isn't it nice that, like, you're putting yourself on, you're feeling uncomfortable, and you're going, like, this isn't a song. And you truly do feel like it's not a song. But the thing that you're not acknowledging is that it's already miles ahead of lots of people who put out music who are like, this is great, and they're not even close. Like, you can just hear it. You're like, this is not good enough. Yeah. It's like your vocals cannot be this out of tune. Yeah. The song cannot be this um, dissonant and not catchy. Yeah, or like even some live performances like that that festival that Maddie's band played at. Um, there was 100%. a girl whose guitar who was just that was just fully out of tune, like noticeably. I'm sure to even people that weren't musicians, it would but have been noticeable. Like <laughs> this is what really happens. Awkward. It. It's now it's like very like who you know, mm-hmm. and who you know is like literally these people are getting these festivals because they know people who put on festivals, yeah. and they're like, oh, you're like a musician, right? Yeah, I know you. You seem nice, yeah. so you're probably great. And then they yeah. show up, and it's like they. Yeah, they don't know how to tune their guitar, and you're going like that is the level that they're at, and it's just like too late. You're like they're up there, they're doing it, and I just didn't, people hate it. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't ask whether or not she was able to play live. I just assumed that she could because she was hanging out with these people. Yeah, and she has a Fender Mustang, but yeah. somebody's dad, like her uncle, gave it to her, and you know, just which would be amazing. I would love to find like a weird guitar in my uncle's closet. I'm like. This is amazing. And they're like, here, you can have it. Yeah, it's like a $1,600 guitar. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. I would love that. But, you know, yeah. you, they probably think that they're fine. And then they get up there and they're like, this is harder than I thought. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's not even that hard. It's just like you have to want to do it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you feel uncomfortable, which is actually <laughs> the best thing you can do. And, uh, yeah, it's like, do you, do you feel yourself pushing past boundaries in your life? Yes. Pushing past expectations. Yes. That's what this feeling is. You know, it's like you released a song on Spotify. You got further than like half of all musicians will ever get in their careers, which is a huge milestone. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I'm not just saying that. Like if you get, if you end up with like a thousand listeners a month, you are now like in the top fucking 20% of people. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like it's Thank you. the 1% is so shallow. It's such a hockey stick. Like, I'm probably a 1% musician because I get $500 of royalties. Like, yeah. <laughs> because it's so steeped. It's so, like, it, it hockey sticks so abruptly. And that 1% in the music industry is totally real. But thankfully, the knee of that slope, how if it's, like, more like a, a smooth or like a like a 90-degree angle, that is what's smoothing out. Yeah. And once that smooths out, it'll, you know, I think it'll be more, more uh, evened out a little bit. Where the the no actually I think the the yeah, markets will just keep growing and things will keep expanding like the people at the rich will get richer and then everyone else will also get yeah, uh, so. more success because there's just more people listening to new music than there's yeah, ever been because it's been more accessible and but you have to share it like now it's like I'm not the only person getting 500 bucks a month there's like thousands of us who are all making a little income and it's like that's probably better yeah than me being like I make fifty thousand dollars and all of these artists starve. Yeah. It's probably not... We don't want more starving artists. No, because it's forcing <laughs> me to like pick up audio engineering yeah. and piano and drums and video and all this stuff, which is probably good for me. That's another thing, just to finally, just final comment, um, is that like, I think about, um, oh yeah, people that I've seen or like, that I get jealous of, I'm just like, about that put out a song and 
have lots of cute photos of them, but do they have a studio in their house and do they know how to operate Logic and even do a little bit of EQ? I don't think so. And it's really nice to have that freedom to be able to just start making something if I want to and not have to wait and schedule it and get a band together and slowly piece together. And then we get our studio day and we're there. Oh, and then and what if I have like, well and, and like I have allergies, dollars. like sometimes my voice is just scratchy as fuck and I just need like another day. Um, yeah, it's, it's seriously powerful to be able to, to, uh, track yourself. It's yeah. so like it's because then you can. I was recording last night at two in the morning. It's like, oh, really? Yeah, because I was just like, I'm not gonna go to bed quite yet. I was sleepy, and I was in here uh, <laughs> fixing problems and and uh, just yeah, like tracking bass and nice and uh, just you know, being like, this is there's no one in their right mind in the 70s who had a studio, they would have just been like, you guys can record on a computer infinitely, silently in your yeah, house, yeah. like. Yeah, we're gonna go do that. Yeah, like this illusion about Joni this. Mitchell would have jumped on that in a second because her it. whole thing was like she got attention because she was touring like crazy and people kept offering her bad deals for recording contracts. She hadn't Ugh. even recorded an album yet. People were throwing them at her, and she was like, "No, this isn't this isn't good enough for me." Yeah. Finally, I, she did, and then she, apparently she even was up like not fully okay with the one that she finally succumbed to. That makes sense. And I bet she's so independent in her spirit, everything, her spirit, everything I read about her spirit, it was very independent. And in terms she, of her playful spirit? In terms of her playful spirit. <laughs> she would have loved to just do it all herself. You know? Oh, man, that's what Bob Dylan was doing. Yeah. With the basement tapes. Yeah. He just, he just put a full, like, studio in his basement, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, so it's like any sort of, like, fucking Foo Fighters ass, like, you kids just need to rock. Like, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, but. Fresh pot. You're a fucking poor kid <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the fucking apartment building. There's a good chance you're going to make music that you can only do on headphones. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Yeah. It's okay that you make albums in your room on headphones because you're not in a space where you can be loud. It's just like, sorry, I can't be a goddamn rock star, uh, motherfucker. I don't have like a garage to put drums in. Like, it's just like, yeah. I live in an apartment complex in the middle of the shittiest neighborhood in the South Shore. It's like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, like, not that fucking easy for everyone to get it together. Mm -hmm. And this sort of, like, how many poor kids do you think are hearing Dave Grohl be like, you've got to work on tape, you know, and just mm. go, like, well, I'm not going to make a fucking album. Dave yeah. Grohl is my favorite artist. Yeah. And he is, uh, like, if you don't record on tape, you're not shit. And it's just, like, why the fuck would I do this? Why would I do anything? Dave Grohl? Fuck. You're my hero. Grohl. My hero. Watch you, Mazzy. Watch. Yeah, it's very good. Oh, nice. God. Well, anyway, let's record something. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to do. That's what I That's what I really want to do coming off this song. This big release is to just not think of it as a big release and just keep recording something else and keep going. Yeah, try to just enjoy the low, slow arc of your life and just, just enjoy it right now. That's the best solution. That seems so done it's, yeah it's, it's like old advice you're like okay like the but it's just like honestly if you can somehow put make your social media feed only things that inspire you it's like kind yeah. of what tumblr is tumblr's like just there's no one on tumblr that i'm like this blog has so many notes <laughs> like i don't feel yeah I, all i it's like a bunch of people sharing these like this giant dynamic mood board yeah i have seen a couple butthurt teens that are like 
like, oh, things are so posed these days. I remember two years ago when I was 14 in 2017. This is before Yahoo bought it. They, <laughs> yeah. There was still a bunch of porn on here. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Anyway, uh, Tumblr's great. Yeah, I, fo- I only follow, like, minimalist Japanese blogs and stuff. Oh, the Nord Room. I so know we both no, love that one. There's no, like, shitty teens who are... No, it I, is I not it. okay to be. You're not a feminist if you eat meat. Like I'm I get like, like suggested ah, posts because I follow some like writing and co- and and quote ones. So I'll get like a teen drama post that will just be like suggested. I'm like, yeah, no, not for me. But every every time, I, right now I'm like adding five new people and deleting like. If you have one post that I really don't like, I yeah, unfollow you instantly. Like yeah. if it's a really tacky furniture, something like that, I'm like, that's all it takes. I keep it, you know, I keep my pack um, high and tight. Yeah. There's no bullshit. It doesn't take anything for me to be like, bad vibes, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. This is the sauna. Yeah. I'm in here to like relax. I'm not in here to, to be stressed. If I see a fashion blog where a woman is wearing a pair of boot cut jeans that go just to show the tiny little tips of her stilettos... You are cut. I hate that look. <laughs> the two yeah. long pants and the stilettos. I'm just like, oh. It's a weird thing in fashion right now is like an oversized blazer. These like skinny jeans that are like slightly flared at the bottom, mm. but just are like longer than your shoes. And I'm just like, and they're just like, oh yeah, streetwear. I'm like, this woman can't walk in this. Yeah, like, what's going on? I will unfollow you if you are posting photos of really expensive gaudy watches. Ugh. You're yeah. tossed. You're done. Get it's out. like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's I will tolerate, <laughs> like, the wish you were here on neon sign stuff if you have other posts, but do not offend me with too long bootcut jeans. Just don't do it. Yeah, I don't like bootcuts. Will Schuster wears bootcuts. I hate, actually, right now, like, wide leg probably would look good on me it's just too impractical because the flapping around i have worn wide leg jeans actually when they weren't even that fashionable in like 2012 i had a pair of like vintage 70s wide legs and they got dirty all the time i just like especially in vancouver in the rain um so wide legs fashionable right now i'm not i know look good on me to make my butt look really good but i'm not going to get them because it's just like yeah, it's your butt looks great and whatever. It's going to go out of style. But what I really don't like right now is like the kick flare. That's what it's called. They're not actually boot cut. Boot cut is more of a straight. Okay. What's fashionable right now is that little tiny flare at the bottom. And I'm just like, whoa. This I bet looks I'm going to start seeing this now. That I, I, I think that um, if there's a fucking sinkhole in the middle of Vancouver. What kind of pants do you want to be wearing? It's not anything with a boot. No. Not, just nothing with a little flap. Yeah. And, yeah. Imagine that you're going through a. A city looking for medicine. Society has fallen. <laughs> what kind of pants do you want to be wearing? Because yeah, that like, false society could happen at any second. Functional job. So I'm yeah. I'm very often I have a backpack with like a 36 ounces of water in it and, <laughs> and like kind of functional boots, you know, like boots yeah. I can really walk in. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm yeah. I'm moving towards like in like five years, I'll just be full military gear all the time. Oh, AR fifteen on my back. <laughs> Oh my god, Assault no. Assault rifle no. and uh, open carry, of course. Yeah, you're going to get arrested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, no more kick flares. No, I, I've always been a fan of the skinny, tight ankle. Yeah, or the like... The cigarette. Yeah, like, I, I don't mind that, like... I don't mind, like, my Levi's that are, like, a little bit looser, but they still go in at the bottom, you know? Yeah. I just hate having that extra flap, that extra breeze going up around my calves. Just, why? I know, it's for the look of getting, like... 
snow all over your fucking flaps. And all over your calves. It's nasty. Anyway. All right, well, the music is coming in at... What good timing. I keep pushing it back, and we're at like an hour 12. The episodes just keep getting longer. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so maybe we'll have to reinstate our music thing. Yeah. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>